Well, Broads, this episode is brought to you by Relief Band. Broads, if you suffer from nausea for any reason, whether it's from a hangover, anxiety, car sickness, pregnancy, or if you're like me, absolutely everything, you need to check out (laughs) Relief Band. Yeah, and if you're like me and you're terrified of vomiting, this is also a great one for you. There you Relief go. Band is the number one FDA cleared anti-nausea wristband that's actually clinically proven to relieve and prevent nausea and vomiting. Relief band stimulates a specific nerve in the wrist that travels to the part of your brain that controls nausea. Honestly, I've tried a lot of cures for nausea in the past, and this is the only thing that has worked for me. It's incredible. I actually just bought an extra one for my neighbor's daughter who gets extreme car sickness and so far so good. So what a neighbor, what a neighbor. I know as the world's opening back up, don't let the fear of nausea keep you on the sidelines. Cause right now relief band has an exclusive offer just for chatty broads listeners. If you go to reliefband.com and use promo code chatty, you'll receive 20% off plus free shipping and a no questions asked 30 day money back guarantee. So you've got nothing to lose. Head to reliefband.com. R-E-L-I-E-F-B-A-N-D.com and use our promo code chatty for 20% off plus free shipping. And welcome to another episode of Chatty Broads with Becca and Jess. Well, hello, bras. Good evening, bras. Good evening, Good morning. I don't know if you're watching on YouTube, but it's not our typical green background. Honestly, this is making me want to revamp the studio. There's a very large, for those listeners right now, there's a very large uh, painting of tigers Mm -hmm, behind us. mm -hmm. Lots of cats, actually, in this room. So if we're going to revamp the studio, we're going to need to bring Lisa Vanderpump in because... Uh, happy to oblige. <laughs> Welcome. Welcome on the well, podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Um, we just did your podcast, so we've been... We've been chatting already. We've been chatting. I squeeze the juice out of you. Uh, yes, 100%. Listen, Broads, Lisa is trying to talk Becca out of an open relationship. She is coming uh, down With her as... annoying wisdom and more experience. And she knows better. But, you know... We covered that, but now we're going to cover you and your life. Go ahead. You be, can ask which me will be really fun. You want really whatever. Yeah. Oh I like the God. fact that you said we met before. I, that because when you said that to me on my podcast, and somebody says, "Oh, we've met before," shall I tell you? You, you never know how oh. horribly wrong that. Yeah. Goes, you <laughs> know? Like, Especially if you don't oh, remember that. Shit. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> just the nerve. Like, why? Crawling. First of all, why don't I remember? Was yeah. I intoxicated? Exactly. What Is have it? you? Well, broads, you can listen to Lisa's episode and how I met but I've talked on the podcast about it before and I have worked with mm-hmm. I've actually worked with numerous housewives and I Please will say don't put me in that category <laughs> I think I left three years well, ago can, can I can I put you in the category of you're beyond the nicest Wait, but you, sh- you should oh, okay I mean, I'll take that you should tell her like you might as well spill like who you have interacted with I don't know if I want to get Lisa in trouble of? yeah exactly in trouble no I know okay. There's a few, there's a few individuals that, you know. No, I don't. You might have some, uh, you might have had some interactions with that I've had negative experiences with. So, you know, I'd go, I'd go to bat for you, Lisa. Oh, okay. Well, just because I gave you 10 bucks. (laughs) Uh Exactly. That's all that it took. For people who don't know, 
Lisa Vanderpump, why don't you give yourself yes. an introduction instead of instead of us saying that you were on Real Housewives? Because she we'll does. We'll let you speak for yourself. Because she does everything. Well, I, you know, it's I understand that that's how people know me because mm-hmm. I was on that show for nine and a half years until, you know, I just said, that's it. Yeah. I called it a day. In fact, in that very place where you were standing and I was making you tea. Um, but it, it was a, a long time and there was some amazing experiences and it has given me platforms to kind of really expand on things I've been passionate about mm-hmm. and creating my own foundation, which is very difficult to do, you mm-hmm. know, it has to be approved by the government and, and to keep that through the pandemic as well. That's been a, a struggle. So to have my own 501c3, I've been able to speak at Congress, co-write resolutions, um, Voted Woman of the Year by State Assembly, and actually just was a recipient of the Mary Pickford Award, which was um, okay. I, I've really had incredible kind of um, experiences through mm-hmm. Housewives, you know, through coming to the forefront in reality television. Um, after the second year, or just in the midst of the second season, I was blessed with my own spin-off, and I think a lot of people obviously they want their own spin-off, and it was with the same network and the same production company. And as an executive producer of that, um, that might provoke some kind of feelings through other women. Sure. Um, I don't know. They weren't necessarily negative about it, but just by virtue of the fact that they never actually ever discussed Vanderpump Rules or supported Mm. it, Mm -hmm. led me to believe that if there's a reason, there has to be a reason why. (laughs) Really? They didn't ever talk about it? Not really. Or was never, it, it was never supported. Like, for instance, if somebody says to me, oh, please, will you tweet? You know, it wasn't competing with Housewives. It's yeah, a sure. totally different show. And when Bravo asked me if I wanted to do a spin-off and have a pilot, I actually really kind of thought, what could I do, you know, that wouldn't basically compete with Housewives? Sure. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it had to be more about the Hollywood kind of vibe. And, you know, I didn't even want to do it about Villa Blanca in Beverly Hills. I wanted to do it about uh, Sir was that West your Hollywood. idea? Yes, it was. Such and we submitted the picture. And uh, I brought in the cast to my uh, co-producer. And actually, the cast I introduced him to right at the beginning was the cast that were pretty much on it for eight, nine years. And as you know, it's just been brought back. It's uh, Yes, congratulations. Wow. Yes. Wait, so all of those, you know, I used to watch Vanderpump all the time. So all of those kind of OG players, they were working for you for years beforehand. Yeah. I mean, obviously now you've got other people that come into it. Lala and James Kennedy that have kind of immersed themselves in the foray, so to Mm -hmm. speak. You know, James was with Kristen. Um, You know, that's Mm -hmm. a dedication to the cause to shag somebody to get on a reality (laughs) television show. I think that's what he did. Uh, He would deny that. But uh, Uh anyway, he's better off now. He's kind of really... sober and he's doing really well oh, but awesome. he went through a very bad but yeah Kristen, Stacy, Jax, uh, Brittany wasn't involved with it, right. um, Katie, Tom Schwartz didn't work for me but he was kind of guilty by osmosis because yeah. <laughs> he was with you know Katie. I mean that's alone. wild though because they are such a perfect cast for the yes. show yeah. like from and then season it, one. And then it's changed it's evolved and mm-hmm. there's a lot more people. And everyone's having of, babies now too. I know yeah. isn't that extraordinary? It's wild. Um, but go ahead so but it has given me incredible platform and you know I've been very involved with LGBTQ mm-hmm. issues and equal rights and then I have had Vanderpump Rules for nine years now and then I've 
you know, managed to do other things. I've produced Overserved, which is on E, which is all about so entertaining fun. and it is more like a talk show, but it's a lot of fun. And then I have the Vanderpump Dog Show coming out on Peacock, which is about my Vanderpump Dog Rescue. So it's been a busy year with so uh, four fun. shows, the fourth one just starting. So you just love making things happen, don't yes. you? I do. Like... I'm very proactive. And, you know, with COVID for the first nine months, we were very scared. Mm -hmm. Ken's 16 years older than me. So I was, you know, really cautious about him being a bit older and um, we were very, very safe. And uh, we saw Pandora and Jason who live around the corner. It's my daughter and her husband. Mm -hmm. But even initially, we kind of had the social distancing and the quarantining just to make sure. And we really didn't go anywhere. I didn't have any help in the house because I have housekeepers and it's a lot of work, this house. But as soon as the whole kind of... Um, virus kind of kicked off they wanted to be at home we just didn't realize how long it'd be so I kind of basically took it upon myself not to drop our standards and to keep going but I didn't see anybody mm. my son he didn't want to stay in Hollywood so he went to work with autistic children in Idaho and so he was there for about nearly nine months oh my god yeah, exactly so it was all whoops it's Becca's mom there she is again <laughs> she is popping in to check in say hello don't worry, mommy. I'm on the hot seat now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it won't get too inappropriate, mom. Yeah. Uh, what, what was the highlight? Was there any good parts of that for you, though? Like, was it? Mm. I'm sure it was the first time in years where it was just the still and quiet. Yeah. And just the two of you. Well, it's very different. I mean, for us, you know, we're pretty social, but our restaurant business isn't just our business it's our life as yeah. well and we're very passionate about that so we would be in vegas every couple of weeks at our new restaurant there we'd always be in palm poor tom tom we'd just opened the other side of tom tom i just decorated this gorgeous garden at the back of tom tom suddenly we were shut down so it was more a worry of okay how are we going to fund this because a lot of restaurants went under Ten thousand restaurants went under um and a lot of our friends went under because they mm. couldn't sustain it even though every Everybody got PPP, you know, they got yeah, PPP. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But for a lot of people, it wasn't enough and it wasn't quick enough because you've still got to maintain your insurances. It, the, you know, all our staff were pretty much furloughed and on unemployment. We kept on some staff, but, you know, how are we going to keep on 300 staff with no restaurants open and nothing for them to do? Right. And people say, well, why didn't you keep the staff on? I would be broken a week if I, it'd be crazy. Yeah. But they were all on unemployment and furloughed. And yeah, it was very tricky. But for us to be totally shut down, we thought, okay, we had no idea of how long and the magnitude of this virus. Uh, I mean, I, I remember seeing the numbers climb thinking, will it get to 100,000? Now we've topped over 500,000 people have died in this country. I think we were so ill-prepared, oh, um, which is kind of crazy, really, because if you look over history, there has been so many pandemics. So, um, yeah, there's been a lot, but Housewives has given me a lot. And for that, my experience on a few seasons where I was I, pretty much, I think, four or five out of the nine seasons I was on, mm -hmm. I was under attack pretty much. I had about four seasons where it was a bit of a gang up. Yeah. Um, How did you keep going yeah, I, because I I did six weeks of reality TV, <laughs> and that was and there was anger and the tears. Crazy. <laughs> yeah. How do you keep doing that year after year? It was difficult, and I did actually have a couple of conversations where I say I I don't think I want to do this anymore. But I think I was an integral part of that cast and I thought I had really authentic friendships. Mm. Clearly I didn't because when I really floundered and really needed my friends, 
um, you know, when my brother died, I felt yeah. totally different about life. I was looking for happiness and it was just a very different experience. I wasn't as equipped. I'm never going to be a victim. I'm, I'm not going to say I was a victim of that. I should have been stronger and be able to stand up to it like I had every other year and be able to deal with it. I'm not a victim of anything. Mm -hmm. You know, I might have been, a, well, I a recipient of a lot of negativity, but I'm not a victim of it. And I would never play that card. I would have been stronger under normal circumstances and I wasn't. So I quit, quit halfway through. And it was difficult for me to quit because there was a lot of pressure on, you know, I'm under of contract course, yeah. financially. It was, you know, took a big hit and uh, it just wasn't for me anymore. So I walked away. Okay, broads, let's take a quick pause here. Listen, I have been loving native natural deodorant lately, which honestly, I wasn't sure I would ever say because natural deodorant in my mind, well, it didn't always have the best experience for me when it comes to working, but then I tried native and the rest, as they say, is history. Uh, seriously, native natural deodorant keeps me smelling fresh all day long, but it even gets better broads because did you know Native has so much more to offer in the, uh, the realm of natural wellness products? Yes. Okay. Like just said, we already freaking love Native for their natural deodorant, but I got to say the rest of their line is equally amazing. Their body wash smells as amazing as their deodorant. Their toothpaste keeps my mouth fresh all day long. And their newest product is my all-time favorite, their mineral-based sunscreen. It's a broad spectrum SPF 30 for your face and body. It absorbs super quickly and it keeps you protected from those harsh UV rays. Like most people, I spend more than my fair share of time indoor, indoors last year, which means if there was ever a time to load up on sunscreen, it is now. So what perfect timing to find a new favorite. Native natural wellness products are quickly taking over my bathroom and I'm not mad about it. Honestly, I love all their other products. I was shocked by how much I love them. So fun. Stay fresh, stay clean with Native by going to nativedo.com slash chatty or use promo code chatty at checkout. Get 20% off your first order. That's nativedo.com slash chatty or use promo code chatty at checkout for 20% off your first order. Okay, so you know those times when your brain is on overload and if you write another email, you feel like you might self-destruct? <laughs> well, you don't want to just scroll aimlessly on social media. You're looking for that happy no. medium where your brain can relax but not completely zone out. Well, no, look no further because Best Fiends is the answer. Best Fiends is the ultimate mobile puzzle game that's the perfect way to take a brain break pass the time or wind down because there's literally thousands of different levels and they add more each week which means it doesn't matter if you play once a day or once a month you're never going to run out of new puzzles to solve you're never going to run out of levels to beat or characters to collect like i said my favorite time to play is those days where my email box will not let up and just when i think i'm making progress i get another email the only way i can make it through the day uh, through a day like that is to pull out best fiends and give myself a little brain break reward throughout the whole day email for an hour five minute break email for two hours ten minute break and before i know it the day's over and i usually have made some progress on my inbox and beaten a few levels of best fiends in the process we love it. And we know you will too. Download the five-star rated puzzle game, Best Fiends, free today on the App Store or Google Play. That's friends without the R, Best Fiends. How was it for your husband, Ken, to see you going through that? Because one of my favorite things about watching you on the show was the fact that you both are always such a united front, which mm -hmm. like I so appreciate. Um, a team. A team. Yeah. How was that? for him to see you having to go through all that all the time. Well, I think he's protective. Yeah. And if he feels it's unjust and it's unwarranted, which 
I felt, and I think he obviously knew the truth, mm -hmm. then he would be defensive. But I never understand when people will say, oh, you know, guys should keep out of it. If we're in a group situation and somebody <laughs> is verbally accusing my husband of something, I, I was going to say, you know, you just oh. sit right down there. Just <laughs> because you love somebody, you're not going to stand by and watch them kind of abused or accused, so to oh, speak. No. So, And I'm sure your husband would do the same. Absolutely. So, I was, we were talking the other day. I personally feel like I can take someone throwing hurling insults at me more than if all of a sudden someone's saying, saying some shit about effect. Evan. Yeah. Oh, I am throwing drinks. Like, oh, so, I'm not happy. Yeah. So both of our partners, they now do a podcast episode on our podcast every other week. They do. They take mm -hmm. over. So they call no. it the chatty bros. Oh, yes, they take over. Do they talk crap about you guys? Yes, <laughs> yes, they do. Yes, they do. Yes, they do. And uh, revenge my, is so sweet. Yes. My not so media trained boyfriend. Like every once in a while, he'll say something, and then everyone will come for him, you know, and be like, "It's so funny because he he said something. I don't remember what he said, and people were like defending me, you know, like you need to treat Becca better or whatever. I'm the one who, <laughs> if anyone's abusing anyone, it's me. To him. <laughs> but and then I was so it's what she was saying we were talking about it because mm -hmm. I was so defensive you I was like Mama he is bear. so good yeah. to me like yeah, how dare for sure. you for yeah. sure. talk about him so I can't imagine what he must have gone through well yeah tears and upset and, and because also you know we have a very close relationship I mean no relationship's perfect for sure but we've been married forever and a day mm -hmm. 39 years and um he would know you know, if the, so he was very defensive of me because mm. he, he knew, he also knew where it was coming from. And I think you never need to sure. say where it's coming from, but I think most people that were watching kind of, no, I sometimes think the unspoken word is better. You don't need to say. Yes, I mm -hmm. definitely. Um, sorry, I was going to ask about then you two, if I can hop into that. Yes, that's, I was going to say, we actually wanted to talk more about the show. We more wanted to talk about like your life and your experiences with family mm -hmm. and your relationships. So. Yeah. So I read that you and Ken got married after six weeks. Engaged after Engaged six after six weeks. Excuse me. Can you talk about that? I mean, was this well, just a whirlwind you romance? Too. You said you were 20, 21? I was 21. Yes. I Ken knew my brother for a few years before I met him. And I was taking my brother to work because his car had broken down. It was in London. I'd bought my own place. I was very kind of um, industrious when I, you know, younger. I bought my own place by the time I was 19 or 20. I was, and I'd never had a penny from my parents. I'd always worked two jobs since I was like 13. I was very kind of proactive in mm -hmm. everything I did. I was a young actress and my brother was staying with me. So I dropped him off at work. And then Ken, Ken was the owner of this nightclub. He had restaurants, a wine bar and a restaurant. And um, he came in and I had an instant attraction to him. But I mean, he's 16 years older than me as well. And he knew my brother. And he just kind of asked me out and I actually said no. Uh, it was kind of a funny <laughs> story, but I want to it's a little laborious. And I said no. But then I ran into him a few weeks later and I started going out with him. And I don't know, it was just like, I felt this, he was so much fun. We had such great connection. I think in the first year that we were together, we 
barely spoke to anybody else. It was one of those mm. relationships that we were so physically connected and I found somebody I could play with. And he was just, he was naughty when I met him, you know? <laughs> really? Yeah, he was naughty. I mean, he used to shag everything that moved and he was kind of... <laughs> so he had yeah. a reputation. Oh God, yeah. Because he'd been single <laughs> since he was about uh, 21. He got married for two years when he was 19. Okay. Until he was 21 and had a son. Oh. And then he'd been single pretty much for like 15 years. And then he met me and then he just said to me, you know, I would never ask you to marry me because I know you don't want to get married. I said, ask me anyway. So will you marry me? I was like, yeah, I kind of conned him into it. Really. It was <laughs> a romantic proposal. I think we were actually in bed at the time. And um, he went out and bought me, when I showed him the ring, actually, about five years ago that he bought me, he kind of apologized, went, oh God, sorry, did I buy you that? I mean, it was pretty kind of like minuscule and everything. <laughs> like, but it wasn't sir. important to me. We were madly in love. And then within three months, we got married. Yeah, and that was 39 years ago. I know, right? And everybody else at that wedding is either divorced or dead. (laughs) I mean, honestly, we've been together, my husband and I have been together for 10 years and already half of our friends have been divorced. Yeah, for sure. 39 years, I mean... That's... Oh, I can't say I haven't wanted to get divorced at some Oh, time. well, of course. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes every time he's snoring, I want to put the pillow over his face yeah. and suffocate him. And I definitely think through COVID, you know, that was such an unusual situation, not having your space at all. But we live in this fantastic house, which has mm-hmm. got these great views. And, you know, it really does feel like a sanctuary here. But it was a lot of work. As I say, I cannot speak to how much work it was. It was a full-time job because I didn't want to drop the standards. Yeah. And I wanted to cook every lunchtime and dinner and make things beautiful because I'm all about that, trying to Mm -hmm. be your best self and make the best out of everything. And it's a beautiful space to be in. And he has his office, which is separate. So we had that space. But then also, you know, it was quite lonely. And also Ken's not as talkative as I am. I can talk the hind legs off a donkey. Mm -hmm. You'd see the donkey's (laughs) legs would drop off. I never stopped talking. So often your husband doesn't give you back, you know, Mm -hmm. what you need. Sometimes I go, conversation, Ken. (laughs) You know, it means like I'm just, you know, so I would do FaceTime. Um, I would just kind of talk to some of my friends. FaceTime him from the other room? Yeah, (laughs) not to him. I would do FaceTime to him. (laughs) I would send him new pictures. And so we kind of survived like that. But some of it was actually glorious. That's Mm. the word I was used because some of it, you know, being... in the summer and cooking and actually really connecting with each other. And then Pandora and Jason were here some of the time. So, yeah, it wasn't, but it was still devastating financially to us. We were, you know, obviously hurt very much by the pandemic yeah, with of the course. restaurant business. Oh, so you, you've you been married, you said 39 years mm-hmm. now? Do you have big mm-hmm. plans for your 40th uh, yeah. anniversary? I never know if we'll make it, you know. I, <laughs> I don't like to Every day, keep them guessing. Yeah. I always looking for somebody I like better. I just yeah. didn't find them yet. There's no such thing as a perfect mm. man. Anybody that says there is, trust mm. me, it does not exist. Uh, don't look at me like that. <laughs> trust me. Evan on the sidelines. Yeah. Okay, what do you think are some of the most important... Okay, we've got a lot of young listeners, mm-hmm. young women, some even much younger than us who listen. That's who why I- they're going to have to buy my book. As soon as I finish my book, my book is written for, uh, like, I wish I'd read my book mm. when I was kind of in my 20s or, or older, just a, a, a kind of a fast track to what is some it of the things. Everything. Everything. Everything? Everything. About your life specifically? About my observations and lessons mm. I've learned and, mm. and 
inspiration and yeah it's a book I very much enjoyed writing and when I say I've written it I've written every damn fucking <gasps> word because I haven't given it to a ghostwriter wow. I uh, I'm gonna hand it over soon they're waiting for the last chapter it needed a little bit of organization but you know I've been the editor of a magazine I mean and I've right. written anybody that reads my blogs I couldn't write it in a voice people know me too well that it couldn't be inauthentic uh -huh. it had to be from my voice I sometimes get a little bit too frilly with my writing, but I've managed to kind of like hit the points and keep it kind of smart, but simple. Okay, mm -hmm. so I've got two questions. My first question is, what was some of, I mean, this might be a little forward, but- No, not for me some, okay, okay, what were some of the most difficult times in your relationship with your husband? And how did the two of you make it through together? Well, I think you have to be prepared for life shit that is gonna be thrown at you. And I know that sounds harsh, but if you're gonna go into a marriage or relationship, there's a reason for these vows that for better, for worse, in sickness and in health, you know, it, richer, poorer, we've had times that have been so stressful where we've had things that jeopardized our business, mm -hmm. you know, things that have been unfair and unjust, where we have, the kind of stress, I don't do well with stress. I am a fighter. I am, even though they say fight or flight. So that sometimes has been very difficult to deal with. You know, when we're in a business and, and we've really kind of been tested and you kind of end up losing it with each other and mm. then you think, okay, let's regroup. This is circumstantial. Um, I think grief that's been difficult I for was, me. I was wondering about that, about how it has been navigating your relationship through grief and through sudden unexpected loss. Very difficult. And navigating that in the public eye as well. That was the, even now it's hard for me to talk about mm. because it's his birthday tomorrow. Mm. Oh. Very difficult, yeah, very difficult. Um, because it, when I talk about this in my book as well, you know, when you have one sibling, that's just your playmate, you know, that's uh, who you kind of experience everything growing up with. And he was 16 months um, older than me. Wow. So we were kind of like twins wow. and also girls kind of mature a bit, you know, quicker yeah. than boys, as always. Mm -hmm. Take note. <laughs> and um, he was, you know, my best friend growing up. And then we had, you know, a fractious relationship that would go backwards and forwards. We would argue, then we wouldn't talk, then we would talk. But we laughed about things as that in our childhood. So for suddenly for him to commit suicide, that threw me into a complete tailspin. You know, I was just like, so I think that, but he was very supportive. But um, that was only three years ago. And then my mother died the year later, unexpectedly as well, of a blood clot, like gone within like 10 minutes. So to lose half my family was, yeah, that was difficult. And I had to pull myself out of depression. I really did flounder. When my brother died, I floundered. I thought, I, 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 you don't think I can't come because I have children and a family that loves me, yeah. but I didn't, I, I knew I would go on, but I didn't know how to right, go on. Right. I didn't know how to open the fridge, see there's no milk and not cry about there being, I, it was just 
everything seemed overwhelming for the first. So I, I've been very open about this. I sought help. I went to grief counselor just a couple of times and I, it made me feel so much better. And for mm. an English woman that's kind of eschewed therapy, yeah. you know, us always <laughs> stiff upper lip and that kind of thing. It really did help. And I took antidepressants. I've never taken anything, even going through all the hormonal changes as a woman, I've never taken anything. And I did take Wellbutrin and I felt that kind of helped me, but I couldn't talk about it without crying. And of course it was just so prevalent and, and it was so unfair. And my brother's sons are just most incredible boys. And it was just very, very difficult. But relationships, I think if you pull together through the tough times, you really appreciate each other with the good times. Mm -hmm. And then you never know whether you could have gotten through that without them. Mm -hmm. So it almost like cements you because you think, oh my God, if he hadn't been here, how would I have done when you survive something? So, but yeah, we've had moments where I've screened at him where he's drunk too much or I hate him or, mm -hmm. you know, like I've, you know, of course, like every relationship or you're flirting or I think you did this or I think you did that <laughs> sure. or I was here. Well, of course, we're a normal relationship, you know, where, but 39 years, there's a lot of kindness and there's a lot of goodness that's gone, a lot of loyalty. And I would always say that if you expect a relationship to be perfect, you're always going to be disappointed mm. because that's not, you know, that's not life. Mm -hmm. But anyway, I do... I enjoy talking to young women and, and mentoring them. And, and I've been on this planet a lot longer than a lot of people that follow me. You know? Sure. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, there are, life is not easy. And I think that people will look at you as they see you living this life and they see you with a beautiful house and business and, and it's very glittery, mm -hmm. but that old adage that all the, you know, glitters is not gold. Everybody is going to experience depression. Mm -hmm. It's normal to feel those low moments. It's normal to feel overwhelmed. And just because we live in this idealistic world where we look on social media, where everything looks perfect, right. it's not. Yeah. Right. And as you've seen, we've seen with Housewives, where you think you know these people as a family and suddenly they're split up. You're like, well, where did that happen? Well, well right. I thought we were watching a yeah. real life. Thought it and suddenly you're separated. Mm -hmm. Like when mm -hmm. Yolanda and David suddenly got divorced. Like, what, what, what? Mm -hmm. I was like, I did, well, you didn't see that coming. So, you know, everybody has their shit. It's just how much they want to show of it, really. Mm -hmm. um, and I think if we have a better understanding of that, then we realize we're not alone in this mess that we call life. Oh, yeah, 100%. When I hear about, even with Jess and Evan, you know, who've been together so long, when they're talking about fighting or arguing, I'm like, oh, okay. It's not Like, it's, it's not just me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not because my relationship's fucked up and maybe we don't, you know, maybe... Yeah. We're not as connected as other people. All that's normal. Also, I think sometimes, you know, you're saying you live in this glittery, idealistic world. I think for some people, they think that's all they need. And one day when they get that, then they'll be happy. But then mm -hmm. sometimes when you get what you want, you realize, I still feel just as like empty inside now that I have I everything think that, that I want. Anytime that you put the importance on objects, thinking that will make you happy, it, it's fun up. to want things. I, mm -hmm. I think to want is a good thing. It's, of course. You yeah. know, it drives you on and you think, and I'm always looking for my new challenge, mm -hmm. but that is not what's going to make you happy. Mm -hmm. It's relationships that make you happy. And also, as I say, you'll always go through crap, but 
it's how you deal with it, really. Mm -hmm. And, you know, how connected you feel to your partner. And it's challenging bringing up children. Are you both going to be on the same page? Are you both going to have... Right. I'd always say united, you stand, divided, you fall. Children are way too smart and they will literally... Yes. Kind of <laughs> figure out anything. Yeah. If mom says you can and dad says you can't, I'm going to try yeah. to just weave around all of that. Exactly. Oh, I heard someone say too once, I don't know if it was my mom or who told me, but someone said, you know, like loving your kids is easy. You're never going to stop loving your kids. Mm -hmm. It's your partner that you have to really, it's like the energy you have to put into loving the person is with your partner. Mm -hmm. That's what you really have to put your attention and time into because your kids, you love them no matter what. I just think you've got to go in with the sentiment. I'm going to make it work. Mm -hmm. And you know, I just heard the most beautiful story from Domenico Dolce of Dolce Gabbana. I know it sounds, but in my garden, he sat there and he talked about how his mother said, I am going to make it work. Not, there was no ifs, ands, or buts about it. And the way he explained that story to me, the old Italian family, no, no, yeah. I'm going to make it work. And I was thinking, you don't hear that nowadays. Of It's just like, well, you know, I'm that this and everybody. No, no, if you go in... We, okay, we're going to work it out. Mm -hmm. Now, I think the boundaries of respect are huge important. Right. And I would employ you and urge you, if you go down that path of disrespecting each other, it's very diff mm. difficult to come back from yeah. that. So you need to stop right there and say, well, hold on a second. You're going to talk to me like that. I'm not going right. to continue the conversation. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But, you know, I married a good man, um, a good man, but not a perfect man. And so... in if you know that the person you've got has got good values, but do we get things wrong? Of course we do. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Of course we, and I think uh, forgiveness and humor. I mean, God, I, I want to be the best wife. It To me, you know, I want to be the best cook, the best housekeeper. I always remember Jerry Hall saying, I want to be a housekeeper in the house, a cook in the kitchen, a whore in the bedroom. You yeah. know, <laughs> I wanted like, oh, I remember thinking that, wow, way to go. So, you know, I, I take being a wife and a mother very seriously, mm -hmm. even though, you know, I'm not a normal person. I'm a little kind of idiosyncratic. I mean, like a little bit individual. I'm very yes. passionate about Everything I do, mm -hmm. everything I do, I put like a thousand percent in it. I, you know, don't stroke my dog. I make out with my dog. Mm -hmm. I don't, you know, I, I, I'm like, a, I'm very driven about everything. I love food. I love music. Mm -hmm. I love flowers. I love work. I love people. I'm very passionate about everything I do. Yeah. And I imagine what most, just to speak to listeners, like I'm sure sometimes what's difficult is people get in relationships with someone that does not have the same passion about making it work as yeah. they do. And get and out. I, I, yeah, I wanted, I just wanted to touch on that too and be like, I know, you know, sometimes I just read messages from women who are like, you know, my husband basically doesn't do shit, you know, and doesn't want to work to make our relationship better Malaise to communicate with me. Yes. The worst. It's 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 the worst. Yeah. When there's apathy yeah. about something, that's when I'm like, yeah, if you, if, right. Apathetic about the relationship. Mm -hmm. So I just wanted to speak to that. So I think very early on in a relationship, you can pretty much tell whether somebody has the best intention for you. And they support mm. you and they want you to do well. Yes. Like whatever I did, I've, Ken's never told me off. He's never said, 
fuck were you thinking yeah. you know I, if I literally decided to dance on the bar and pump tonight calm down everybody I'm not going to do it if I, and I line was, up the door you would actually go wow you were really out there last night you would never really tell me off mm. um, he's kind of if I write a book he thinks it's going to be a bestseller he's going to if I'm on Dancing with Stars which I got booted off after about five weeks he will think I'm going to win so to he have that support you, yeah. you know even though if it's unfounded. <laughs> um, and I think, you know, if you if somebody's trying to put you down right. or minimize or your efforts, you. that's probably yeah. not going to change through yeah. the whole relationship. And that normally means because that person is coming from a negative place in your life. Now, unless they've got qualities that supersede that, walk away. I, uh, yeah, I think there's very good indications of who somebody is and what your relationship's going to be like you just got to, nothing's perfect, but if there's a few of those key things that you see very early on in a relationship, you're probably not going to change them. I agree. And I think they're very clear early on. It's just then sometimes you have those, those glasses on and it's like everything they're doing. Yeah. yeah, But to try to be clear. Yeah. (laughs) The pheromones are raging. Although like you've experienced just recently with people who you thought were your friends, sometimes the people that you think, you know, years down the road you maybe don't know yeah, them as I'm well as there. you think and you. Mm-hmm. i know that happens to people too you i'm know? not somebody that ever really needs to lean on their friends because i'm not really that person i'm more the mother mm-hmm. and the matriarchal figure and um but i think if you do need to lean on somebody and they're not there for you that's a good indication as well mm-hmm. what hurts you the most in a friendship in that way so if you're the Just one loyalty okay mm-hmm. So I don't think, I think that's hard to come back from. And um, I talk about that in my book. There's 7 billion people on the planet. If somebody really doesn't have best intention for you, go find one of the other <laughs> 6 million, 999,000. Know. You got a lot of options. <laughs> yeah, I mean, unless somebody really, there's contrition or somebody really realizes they've made a mistake and mm-hmm. are deeply sorry, then maybe you can recover from it. But if it's just, uh, no, that's it. Well, you see some seem like somebody though who values yourself. And I think that, that's something that a lot of young women struggle oh, with mm-hmm. is feeling mm-hmm. like we have worthy. worth. Yeah, for sure. Worthy, being worthy of people treating us right. Uh, being worthy of a healthy relationship of good, loyal friends. Do, were you always that way? Do you always feel like you had yeah, a sense of I feel like I should be treated and- properly. And I feel that, you know, you should be enough on your own. Mm-hmm. And I also think that when you sleep with somebody, to, I'm not talking about, you know, you can have that mad, crazy love affair and meet somebody straight away. It's like so overwhelming. You don't even get up the stairs. I get that. But also as a woman, think I'm letting that person in mm. my body that couldn't be more personal. And I'm not mm. saying don't shake your socks off. Or, you know, the, if you really meet somebody you're incredibly attracted to, but look at it for that it's a mutually beneficial situation. Mm-hmm. But if you're really looking for a relationship, is this person worthy of mm-hmm. you? And that's not coming from an arrogance. That's coming from a secure feeling as a woman mm-hmm. that I am worthy and I deserve to be treated right. Yeah. And also that, about I discernment. people the way that, you know, like when you told me that story, you said that I said I, I gave you $10 because you were carrying. Well, I, you uh, actually paid the valet for me. You didn't even give me the money. <laughs> <laughs> well, you it, saw that I had an arm full of things and you took care of it for me. And, and yeah, but I think all those little things are so important mm-hmm. in life. 
And um, listen, I can't be best friends with everybody I work with. I don't profess to be. I have hundreds of people who work for me. Sure. Um, but, you know, there's a reason that I can have a housekeeper that will live here or be with me for 13 years. You or know, that it's... you were saying on our pod, uh, our podcast we just did with you earlier that you were at the birth. <laughs> was. In the room. I think that <laughs> does say a lot That says someone. a lot about somebody. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, because then you're valuing people as the person in front of you, not just what they can do for you. Mm -hmm. Like we were like we were talking about. Yeah. yeah. And I think that, you know, yeah, I think respect is is very important. Yeah. I think if you give respect, then you get it back. Huh. It's reciprocated. Do you I have a question for you. Do you believe in soulmates? I do. I do believe in, in soulmates, but I don't believe you have one soulmate. I just think that, you know, when people get hung up on one person, when there's so many people mm -hmm. that could possibly be right, and this is what frustrated me about my brother. You know, he got caught up in, in something, and it's um, there are so many people that could be. Now, will it be better? Maybe it'd be better physically. Maybe it'd be better financially. Maybe it'd make you laugh more. Maybe, I don't know what it is, but there's other people. So if you've had your heart broken by one person, take time to heal, but know that you're worthy of meeting somebody else and somebody else is going to make you happy again. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's hard to hear when you're right in the middle of it. Yes. Write a list of all their shitty moves, keep yeah. it on your phone and <laughs> look at it every time you're going to pick up the yeah. phone. Every time you're about to go to sleep. Yeah, just yeah. do a quick little glance over. Well, Broads, let's take a quick pause. Listen, the end of the school year is just around the corner for a lot of kiddos, but that doesn't mean the exploration and learning should take a pause. Actually, for my daughter, summertime is the best time because we get to do even more learning activities together. Our absolute favorite way to learn and play is with KiwiCo. We love KiwiCo, the learning experience craft crate that is specifically curated to help teach your child new concepts in science, technology, math, art, and so much more. I love KiwiCo so much for little ones. Yes. Can we just talk about how great it is for parents? Because every single crate is so perfectly curated. It's planned out to help your child understand the subject holistically and the instructions are simple to follow. And every single thing you need is included. No more tearing apart closets, looking for scotch tape the last second or running to the store for glue. Once you open the crate, the fun can begin immediately. And oh my God, they always have fun. They have they have so much fun. Ember is absolutely obsessed with anything having to do with the solar system right now, which is perfect because this one that I'm holding up right here is one focused on the solar system. I'm so excited to show her. She's going to freak out. Um, but for real, broads, like I think we must be by now on like our 15th or 16th crate with KiwiCo and every single one has been so fantastic. And like we were saying, everything comes included. That's my favorite part. And also the instructions that they're, uh, they're made primarily for each kid of a specific age. So the, ki the kids can do the instructions and follow it along all by themselves. It's amazing. Oh. Highly recommend. Also a great gift. I always say that great gift if you know people with kids. Yes. And it's an activity too, like for a mm -hmm. kid's birthday party, instead of like getting them another toy, that's just going to, you know, exactly. It's, it's an activity, exactly. interactive. With KiwiCo, there's something for every kid or kid at heart every month. You can get 30% off your first month plus free shipping on any crate line with code chatty at kiwico.com. That's 30% off your first month at kiwico.com promo code chatty. 
Summer is officially here. Okay, not officially, but by my standards and the standards of Los Angeles weather, summer is here, which means yes, baby. I'm, oh, it's eight I'm, months. <laughs> yes, it's eight months. I'm planning and plotting <laughs> with my perfect outdoor space, what that's going to look like. And it's going to have my favorite furniture brand article. That's the only way that it's going to be good. Okay. Is article article just released their newest collection garden terrace. And I will tell you, I have never wanted to host an outdoor luncheon so badly in my life than I did after browsing this collection. I want my backyard to look like Villa Rosa. Okay. Honestly, no. <laughs> article we're getting closer. We're getting yes. closer. <laughs> yes. I feel that. Believe it or not, Jess and I are ladies who luncheon yes, and we now are. we can lunch it in style. And if you've never shopped article before, here's the deal. They combine the curation of a boutique furniture store with the comfort and simplicity of shopping online and the whole experience is just a breeze. Mm -hmm. uh, the design team at Article focuses solely on just a few distinct aesthetics like mid-century, Scandinavian, Bohemian. It's so simple to shop within those collections and you can rest assured that everything will always complement each other. And let's not forget the best part, the prices, because Article cuts out the middleman by eliminating showrooms and selling directly to you. There are no retail markups. You'll save up to 30% off traditional prices. I've got so many pieces from Article at this point. It's Hard to pick a favorite. The designs are timeless. The materials are luxurious. I love all my article pieces. I send everyone straight to article when I know they're looking for furniture and they always say, thank you so much. We love you. We adore you even more somehow now. Thank Jessica, you, thank you. We bow down at your feet. We <laughs> kiss you. the ground you walk on for recommending us. You're article. welcome. You're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Article's offering our listeners $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. Go to article.com slash chatty. The discount's going to be automatically applied at checkout. That's article.com slash chatty. You're going to get $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. Get at it, broads. I have a very different question, which is we were talking about it earlier. And you were, you were just kind of talking about having help and all those sorts of things. And my question to you was, you are someone, like you said, when we were talking earlier, you like doing everything yourself. You're like, I paint my own nails. Mm -hmm. I even, you know, She's during COVID, you were cleaning nails, everything. <laughs> which I know some people may roll their eyes and be like, oh, she had to clean the whole house herself. I mean, um, uh, we live in a 1,200 square foot home and I can barely keep that up. <laughs> I do have two small children though. So, you know. Yeah. But I only have the one and I still. It's a lot of work. Anyway, regardless, my question was, I'm sure at some point in your career, in your life, you had to start practicing letting go of some control with mm -hmm. business, with caretaking for the kids. Mm -hmm. How did you start practicing relinquishing some of that control? I struggle so hard with it, even with an assistant, you know, going through emails. I'm You're just like, be surprised. I don't have an assistant. Really? Yeah. Love that. How? Okay. <laughs> okay. Pandora helps me a lot. Oh, okay. She does a lot. Ruth one day. Ember one day, our daughter. Where we really yeah, put them to work. Exactly. Create that person <laughs> yeah. that you want. Um, I, that is a good question. And as a mother, I was very, very tactile. I grew up without tactile parents. Okay. I didn't have the kind of physical love that I craved. Mm. I came from this kind of British family, even though they were very avant-garde and everything, you know, and I even actually had the conversation with my father today because he left a message. Oh my God, he's never going to hear this. <laughs> but, um, he left a message and he said, oh, yep, yeah, study. Uh, I've seen your show. Oh, we get it over here. Uh, yeah, it's definitely a departure. Uh, 
cover on, you know, your normal kind of uh, uh, show that you do. Uh, yeah, it's different like that. Okay, uh, call me. So I called him back and I thought, what the and I, you know, never confront my parents because, oh, my mother passed. But I mean, never confront my parents, always deferential to them, very respectful. And I said, you know what? I said, it would be nice, nice if you could just have like a bit of enthusiasm about something. We relate said, very we relate hard so to this. Hard, right? To my no, heart. no, no word, affirmational words. Nothing. Like it, and I said, you know, and I've never said this to him before. And it was just before you got here, actually. And I, I was okay with it, actually, because I just said, look, you know, sometimes it would be nice, especially when people are receiving things and I'm hearing praise from other people. It would be nice to be validated by the people I care about. about yes. right? And he went, and this is what he said, he went, well, well, yes, um, probably shouldn't have left it in a message. I said, no, no, <laughs> it's not about the message, Daddy. It's actually about, could you not just say one, you know, thing positive? Yeah. Like, just so, congratulations yeah, on your new exactly. show. That would be enough. How yeah. about that, you know? But my parents were the master of understatement. So mm. I kind of, um, when I was a mother... I mean, I was still a mother, but when I actually had that yes. job before I was made redundant um, and they left me, and trust me, there's <laughs> a reason they. they live right near me because I wouldn't let them out of my sight. But um, I, you know, I had a nanny, but I had to have a nanny because we had nighttime businesses. Mm -hmm. So for me to have a different babysitter in all the time that I wasn't sure of, right. and that can be a nightmare. I yeah. know even with friends now, they're saying, oh, we haven't got this help and that help. So I had a nanny. I had some amazing nannies that I, I wasn't much older than them and we had a blast. You know, we just had so much fun together. Um, but I, it, that was difficult, but I had rules with nannies. Vanderpump Rules, do you know me, guys? <laughs> I had Vanderpump Rules. I was just like, I don't really want you kissing on them mm -hmm. because I want my children to know that that physical love, and, and I more than made up for it. I didn't want them kissing on them, of course. And if they did something that was their new thing, I didn't want them to tell me about it. Like, I did not want to come home from work. And I would not work very much, but something's got to give. You can have it all, of but you've got to give. You've got to let of go course. of some things. So you do have those moments when somebody else might be looking after your kids. But I was a very hands-on mother. I was, and I wasn't working that much when they were younger at all. Um, but we were doing property development and things like that. Um, but I said I didn't want to come home and nanny to go, oh, Pandora took a first step today. So I was always like, if they discover anything, even if you tell me afterwards, I want to discover it. Yes. And yes. they were my life. I mean, they were my life and I... Uh, maybe my new great is that I could have had more children, but I just got super busy, mm. you know. And then, so I had Pandora and then adopted back. So we we're going to have one, adopt one, have one and adopt one. And we had one adopted one. And actually Max was probably like adopting two maybe <laughs> <laughs> and uh, then it was enough and then we got busy and and you know I had two children Ken's got a son from another marriage when he was 19 mm -hmm. and maybe that was enough and then we tried sex selection because then we thought we'd want to have a girl I didn't want to have a biological boy after adopting Max you know because then he'd feel like the mm -hmm. adopted child in the middle mm -hmm. So we thought, right, we'd have another girl. And we tried sex selection twice and it didn't work. And then we just thought, oh, fuck it, you know, we're like busy enough. And then yeah. we were traveling and, and then we kind of moved here for a few years, then moved back to England. We lived in France. Another thing, I've lived and done so many different things. You know, we've lived in different countries. We've said, come on, let's pick up, let's go. Felt so secure as a family unit. 
I'd take on anything, you mm -hmm. know, like if they said, oh, we want to go and live in Australia now, you know, like now even I'd say, yeah, let's go. Because to me, as you turn those pictures of the book of life, it's just, I don't want it to be predictable. You know, I, mm. I mean, of course, life throws you some challenging things too, which I've had to deal with in yes. the last few years, you know. And even Jiggy dying, that knocked us for six. We expected it, but, you mm. know, Jiggy was our love dog. And um, so it kind of went like my brother and then it went my mother. Then it went the pandemic and then it went Jiggy. When and it I rains think and pours. it was like, bam, bam, oh. bam, you know. So, yeah, life sometimes... You know, it was hard to have the business closed down and things. But, you know, we get up, we fight, we're strong. Ken and I are strong and we're productive, mm -hmm. you know. But we were prepared for everything. We weren't prepared for that. We insured our businesses for everything yeah. and same as our friends. And suddenly this hit them. Okay. And some of our friends just went like, you know, just had to walk away from it, which is such a shame yeah. to see somebody's... Normally people, if they're in the restaurant business, normally pretty passionate yeah, about it. Yeah, something you know? that they've put everything into. Yeah. I asked you, though, about that because it's something I've struggled with. I We literally just hired a nanny like last month. And it was after two years of like, I was like, I can't, like something's got to give. And I never thought of my, I never thought I would be a workaholic. I And then it was like maybe six months ago where I realized, oh, I'm a workaholic. I, I don't want to stop. I'm always taking on new projects and I love it. And something's got to give. It's either my relationship with my kids or these projects that I'm, that I love doing. And it took so much for me to even just like hire someone for 20 hours a week. And I used to be a nanny. I know that like nannies are, give so much love. And I know that, you do you know, trust your nanny though? Totally. Oh, I do. And she's actually 30 years older than me, which I mm -hmm. love. Mm -hmm. But anyway, yeah, I just asked because I, I find myself having such a hard time giving up control just over everything from business stuff to kids but stuff. You and, might not be at your best mm. if you were just kind of looking after your kids. And I'm I not, wasn't. Everything was, uh, everything yeah. was suffering. My relationship with my kids right. was not because I was giving them half of my attention you know, so my you attention need to my stimulation. Things. Absolutely. So I'm all about that. Now, if you think, okay, maybe for just the first few years, that's you want to give that part of your life to them. For me, I need a lot of mental stimulation mm -hmm. to keep me happy. So, and if I'm happy, my children are happy. But you have to remember that your children are not going to remember the times you're not there. They're going to remember the times you're there. Mm -hmm. So if you're there and you're happy and you're present, then you, I mean, as I said, I, I worked, but then I would give three months a year of working at the kids' school, mm -hmm. you know, because I enjoyed it so much. I loved having my children, but I also enjoyed my time, you know, where Doing I would thing. have yeah. my, my thing. And I think that's very important. But you do have to give up control of the, you know, of some things, absolutely, mm -hmm. and let some things go. But I also know when to turn down things and say, no, I'm not doing that. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. And say, no, 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 I just, I, I'm, I'm too busy. I can't do that. Was that something you had to cultivate? Did you used to say yes to everything? No, not really. Mm. I'm kind of, you know, I mean, I said yes to this, right? Yeah. yeah. I'm here. <laughs> that's like, true. So uh, my podcast has been fascinating because I have enjoyed um, meeting people and really kind of enjoy talking to people and mm -hmm. always inquisitive. And I think you can always learn something from everybody. Mm -hmm. So um, that's been really kind of an amazing journey. But I do say that's why I hold my friends in such high regard. My good friends, I 
look forward to seeing. I'm stimulated by talent, by people's enthusiasm for life. I don't want to waste it on people that are negative. I hate people that play the victim. That's why I was always very careful to you when I said that, even though I felt like that was under attack, mm -hmm. the whole cast, I am not a victim of anything. Mm -hmm. Like I am going to push through it and I'm going to, and if I can't deal with it, then I need to dig deeper and find out how I can. And sometimes dealing with it is walking away. Mm. True. Oh gosh. Was that difficult for you when you went on antidepressants just out of curiosity? I'm just not sure about medication. I yeah. mean, uh, mind you, I'd always say take the vaccine because the vaccine seems to be a lot safer than getting the possibility of getting the virus. Um, so I'm totally pro-vaccine because I don't think polio or measles or anything was cured by herd immunity. It was mm -hmm. cured by vaccines. And this has been devastating. But um, yeah, antidepressants, because even hormonally, you know, as I've been through the ups and downs, I think women have to understand that you're not going to feel good all the time. Right. right. And men don't go through these hormonal changes. <laughs> sure. and, and, you know, going on this kind of ride is just quite extraordinary um, where you just, you wake up and you think, well, everything's really good and it's really fine and business is fine, <laughs> yeah. but I feel like shit. I just, I just, I can't cope. That, those are the words that would come into my mind. Mm. I can't mm. cope. That's mm. what I think you feel hormonally. And if you understand that I can't cope is basically your hormones in your brain and you think, okay, is everything actually... Okay, yes, it is. So this is just my hormone. So get on and push through it. And with exercise as well, I think it's a huge component for mental health. I really do. Mm -hmm. I think you're going to be much more balanced, well balanced, if you really kind of do something every day, whether you want to or not, do it, because it's going to be so beneficial to you in the long run, and especially as you get older. But always multitask. If you don't like exercise, watch a movie when you do it. Talk on the phone, dictate something. Yeah. I dictate so much stuff. When I'm on the treadmill, Siri, I've told Siri to fuck off so many times. <laughs> so many of my dictations would be going, oh, all alert. No, no, all out. No, not all out. All alert. No, Just no. As you're going. Uh, fuck off, Siri. <laughs> but so, I think that's yeah. such a good point, Lisa. I know we've talked about mental health uh, a lot on the podcast. I personally was diagnosed with bipolar numerous years ago. And I think it's so important, first of all, that you're open about the fact that you started taking medication. I think a lot of people aren't. And I think for people seeing someone like you who, you know, has got it all together, is doing a million things, has won all these awards. And it's like, but she still might need this. Yeah. And I think that gives people That's okay. a lot of encouragement. But those tips, the exercise, and then the multitasking, I know for myself personally. Distract yourself. When you're doing something you don't like, distract yourself. A distraction. And then also. And like, I don't when you ladies have, <laughs> read a book when you're having sex. <laughs> <laughs> no need to text when you're having sex. No need to scroll through Instagram. No, but also then where you have like all these projects that you're passionate about. And I know for myself, when I would be in this slump, I would let myself get complacent. I would let myself kind of just be just too much stillness, but the moving your body, moving your mind, starting different projects, like it really is a, a type of therapy. I believe like a you type of cognitive to therapy to mm -hmm. get through it. Yeah, Because if you just sit there, it will wash over you yeah. and it will envelop you. And mm -hmm. and I, I think with grief, you might need, you know, just kind of a minute, you know, to just yes. actually of think, course. okay, this is just too much to bear. Yeah. 
Um, but I just think, yeah, being proactive. Yeah. Well, and we're in a culture, I think, that doesn't really like know how to deal with grief. Like if someone, you yes. know, is crying or whatever in front of you, a lot of people are just like, uh, I don't know mm -hmm. how to deal with this. Like, you know, I think we're conditioned to kind of believe that happiness sort of has to be the default. And so when you're thrown into something out of your, out of your control, like a very serious situation where you're full of grief, I've been there with a super sudden loss and, and, and you have to remind yourself that it's normal and no one's going to handle it the same way. Right. It's like, everyone's going to process grief differently and it's okay to not be okay for a little while. And that honestly and, might and if be you're listening to a, a friend, long time. You know, I, I don't think you want to hear from a friend that, Oh, I get it too. Because when I lost that, blah, blah, yeah. blah, blah, no. because suddenly it's okay to just, to just be mm -hmm. and just say, I'm, I'm here right. just to hold your hand and just to listen, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. just to listen. Sometimes, that's all you need is just to have somebody and say, I love you. I'm going to make you a cup of tea and I'm just here. And I, I just can only, you know, imagine how hard this is. Yeah. And, and also not just to, to minimize somebody because yes, we try to minimize right. other people's problems to kind of talk make them it out comfortable of it. But that, that sometimes isn't what you need. You just need somebody to go, well, hold on a and second. And I think often that's about like your own discomfort. Like if right. I'm, I'm uncomfortable that you are grieving and because and I don't know how to handle it. I don't want to, I don't want to handle my discomfort. So I just try to be like, you're going to be fine. Let's just, let's just go out instead of just Time heals sitting. All. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I, I experienced it too. You're going to be fine. It's like, no, it's, it's, it's important to, to sit with someone. And also to, we, I think we've talked about this on the podcast before, but also don't be so afraid to acknowledge someone's grief either. I remember my, my mom talking about, um, the friends that didn't reach out to her because they weren't sure about saying mm -hmm. the wrong thing or something. That's devastating. Yeah. She said Be those were the friendships that she had a hard time recovering. Yeah. From because, that. and especially if somebody sends you a note or something, that's not actually asking you how you are. Mm -hmm. So to me, I want to say somebody, listen, I'm here. I'm going to call you. I'm going to be here. You can, when I, I've said to a good friend, if you need me, you can call me any time of the day or night and I'm not going to ask what do you want. I'm just going to say, where are you? I'll be there. Mm -hmm. To me, that's what a really good friend should do. Mm -hmm. You know, it's very important, I think, that you have some people in your life that you have that indomitable support mm -hmm. because life, shit happens and mm. uh you know i've i've had friends that have just been incredible through that whole and also they're dealing with their loss as well because some of my friends you know knew my brother really pretty well and so you know it's it was yeah devastating mm. but you know as i say you cannot think if you acknowledge that in life you're going to go through these incredible ups and downs and um it's Sometimes it can be really, really challenging. Mm -hmm. Do you ever have anxiety now that like, oh, is something, another bad thing is going to be around the corner? That's strange you, you say that because you do get a certain kind of PTSD with, I think my mother and my brother so quickly, like as soon as I, if I get a call from London and even if it's a bit yeah. later or a bit earlier yeah. than I was saying, Oh, my father. And then my mm. father fell over and he broke his shoulder. Then he broke his hip. So you always think that if there's a phone call from my nephews, right, I think, 
it's going to be what an emergency. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So there is a kind of PTSD there, I think. You yeah. Know, and sometimes but, it's like, oh, things have been going really good lately. When's like the next shoe about well, to Well, we're conditioned to think like that. I mean, mm-hmm. if you kind of watch a happy scene in a movie and they're all kind of you know singing, something yeah, something's, yeah, something's around yeah. the corner. Saying, oh yeah, what's it? It's going to be a car crash in a minute. Yeah. So no, I think so sometimes when things are going really well, then you kind of feel insecure thinking, well, how long is this going to last? Mm-hmm. You know, what else can happen? But that is life and some shit will happen. And it will be. <laughs> is that how you cope with it? <laughs> in a like, way, I just, you know, it's, it's round the corner. Yeah. But it happens to everybody, yeah. you know, and it's just how you deal with it. Yeah, and you know you'll survive it. Exactly. You know, exactly. You've survived things already. And, you know, for me, it's ironic because I'd worked with the Trevor Project for LGBTQ suicide yeah. prevention. I never thought the suicide would touch my life. So having been an ambassador for the Trevor Project, done their P- PSAs, um, always feeling this kind of incredible empathy, sympathy for LGBTQ youth that felt the need to take their own life because maybe they wouldn't be accepted or mm. struggling with a sexual orientation. To me, to judge people by the color of their skin, their religion, their sexual orientation, is just go ahead, judge everybody, but not by that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. go ahead, judge. I'm all about judging. Yeah. You're an <laughs> asshole about that. Uh, so I just think that you judge people. Mm-hmm. Do go ahead and call them out, but not on something like that. Otherwise, mm-hmm. I was raised to believe you're going to leave, you know, lose out a lot of great people. Yeah. I have one more thing I want to talk to you about that I'm very curious about. You grew up sort of doing show business stuff. Did you not? Like from a pretty young age. Was that, I'm just curious because for some reason, someone just asked me about that the other day. Like, oh, would you put your kids like, you know, in modeling and acting and that kind of stuff? And I was like, oh, I don't know. My parents were like, I always wanted to do it when I was a kid. And my parents were like, no, 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 no. Lucky your parents said no to you sometimes. Very lucky. I don't know what I would have gotten myself into, but. Was that your desire? Was that your parents' desire? Like, sort of, how did you get involved in that world? And how did that affect your childhood? Well, I was nine years old and my brother, um, as I say, 16, uh, was in, 16 months older than me. And he was in the year above me. And then he was graduating to go to his next school. But I was in a class that I I should have been in the class below. Uh But I was reasonably right for my age and kind of um so I was a year ahead of myself so my parents said well you can go to dancing school anybody that see me on dancing with the stars wouldn't believe this (laughs) but this was a long time ago folks (laughs) now I could barely put my socks on um but I so I went to dancing school when I was nine for a year and they said that I could go to a stage school. And so I loved it. And then I went as a boarder at nine years old. I mean, send your kids to boarding school wow. at nine years old. But I was like, even then, I kind of was you liked it. <laughs> I liked it. And I could kind of uh, really had a good time kind of um, at dancing school. So I ended up staying there until I was... 17 and I didn't go to college I talk about this in my book as well about interviewing people about young people coming to me for jobs um and I didn't go to college 
And I was signed by London Weekend, which ostensibly is like one of the big networks, you know, like an ABC or NBC sure. for a year on a, a series called Kids, where I played this young girl that had been in foster care. And, and so I was on that series for a year. But I mean, I was very well known on the commercial circuit. I used to do a lot of commercials. And so I managed to kind of buy my own place. Uh, by the time I was 19, as I said, I bought my own apartment in London. And um, it was just, it was a, a different life. In fact, George Siegel just died and I was Glenda Jackson's daughter in one of his great films, Touch of Class. Mm. And George Siegel used to give me piggybacks around the park. And so I was really sad to see him pass because he was mm. such a lovely man. But I enjoyed it. But my parents were always very strict. And, um, you know, I, I had, a, I mean, I'd done 40 weeks work as an actress by the time I was 12 I had my full equity card by the time wow. I was 12 and we used to have chaperones that used to take us to these but it was never really discussed nobody ever asked me that if you noticed on Housewives it was never brought up never asked yeah. because there were two actresses there already um, yeah no that is very interesting that is very interesting <laughs> you don't want to shine the light on somebody else <laughs> you're like quick second we're having a round table about acting um, hello <laughs> no, it was never you know uh. Interesting, interesting. Uh. But you felt like it was all a good experience and like... It was a very positive experience. There were very, very stringent rules in England at the time. I think you were allowed to work something like 40 days a year when you were under 13 and 90 days after that. Well, that's excellent. Yeah, yeah. I don't think we have the good. same quite of Yeah, it was like that. And, um, yeah, and then, and then I, I worked a lot and I loved doing it. I was pretty well balanced as a as a teenager I mean of course I was naughty and we all do things that sure. you know I don't think I could say regret but you learn from you know would you uh, ever hit the stage again I've done like I mean I've done a couple of little cameo parts mm -hmm. like I did something with Lisa Kudrow and uh, just um on the comeback and I did something on American Housewife acting and I did actually do a play here Noel Coward play this was a few years ago called Private Lives which was just a great part and I did oh that goodness. in um in theater here but it, I mean I could but Honestly, I've got so much going on with my sure. podcast, with my book, with four television shows and opening a new restaurant <laughs> like, and how am I gonna... existing restaurant and, you know, creating our wine brand and everything. It's been a lot, but also I am really involved with our philanthropy. Band of Hump Dogs mm. has been a huge commitment. And uh, to all the people that have requested cameos from me, you have raised two hundred thousand wow. dollars for the Band of Pump Dog Foundation. Oh so my I've been doing cameos God. left, right, and centre. Can be like, <gasps> "What do you mean? Hurry up!" And I'll be like, "No, hold on a second, let's <laughs> do a cameo," and like that. And all the money has gone to the Band of Pump Dog Foundation through the pandemic. Wow! So it's yeah, over two hundred thousand dollars now. That's amazing. And not a penny's gone to me, unfortunately. I'd have loved to have gone to Chanel with that money, guys. <laughs> but it's all gone to the Band of Pump Dog Foundation and saved thousands of dogs. We're up to something like twenty. 2,500 dogs that we've saved domestically, but also we've had a reach, you know, all through the world, spaying wow. and neutering something like 25,000 dogs a year. Wow. Oh my God. Well, I always appreciate how, even just seen from the shows and, and whatnot, how you always put a really big focus on giving back mm -hmm. with Very what you've been given. Yeah, I think mm -hmm. everybody should 
all do. It doesn't matter how little you do, because I'm very cognizant of not asking people for money. We have incredible donors that sometimes will say, we want to support your foundation. We see what you're doing. Um, but you don't know people's financial situation. Sure. We have a gala every year that's always sold out, but obviously we didn't have this year, which would normally fund the uh, Vanderpump Dog Foundation and World Dog Day, but obviously everything was on hold. But I think... You know, like my restaurant, Villa Blanca, that's just closed through the pandemic. It won't reopen again because oh. the lease has expired, though, as well. So that expired in the midst of the pandemic. Mm. Uh, but it was 14 years. It was a long wow. time. But we used to cook the food every Monday for the homeless. But this was prior to me being on Housewives. This was for the last 14 years. So I think more restaurants should give back to the community because what are you going to bring two people in an hour early uh, and they're going to cook, you know, pizzas or pastas, soft food normally for homeless because, you know, dental problems and stuff, mm -hmm. and then deliver it to the church. It's very little work for us to do, but to give back to the community. And I think if you go to your church, Oh, Becky, you probably won't be allowed in, but if you could get somebody else to go to I just burst into flames the middle of the minute yeah, I walk you're in. you're Spontaneous combust. God loves me too. And I think that um, if you, you know, and just say, how can I help? Because uh, we would always be very involved with the food and then we'd say, okay, what else do you need? And they would say, we need shoes. I was like, shoes? Mm -hmm. Yeah, because most people don't throw shoes out. They, they wear them out mm -hmm. and then they get rid of them they don't kind of, but whereas you get rid of clothes and stuff and I think they're incredible organizations like Covenant House that do such a good job mm -hmm. with you know transitioning uh, youth and 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 homeless youth and just so much you know they really kind of help them and get them on their feet and set up bank accounts I have so much respect for Covenant House the work they do so we've worked with them um, and just yeah I think even if you give back a little bit yeah you yeah. don't have to give a lot because if you don't have the time and you don't, yes, puppy, oh. and you don't have, um, he's my little rescue. He is everything, oh aren't God, you? So cute. Um, it just even if you do a little bit, just a little bit is fine mm -hmm. because if everybody did a little bit, an act right. of kindness, as we talked about, you know, yes. right. Yes. And I always say, and I'm like, listen, I'm not a good, but I'm sounding like Julie Andrews here, like most great person. <laughs> I'm a, a cunt as Mother much Teresa as anybody else. Over here. You know, I'm happy to <laughs> tell somebody, but it's all you know, like balance, to call somebody right? out or you know whatever. I'm not like I'm not embracing. I'm not you know trying to save people. I'm I'm love the great people in my life and I'm all about having some essence of philanthropy or mm -hmm. yes puppy and <laughs> altruism in your life and mm -hmm. uh like a Christian principle I grew up with that I really like is like what you do with the little is what you'll do with a lot so yes. I think a lot of people sit back and say you know oh this person over here isn't you know donating or giving anything and it's like okay well what are you doing with oh, what you have, I, I, even if it's just the tiniest bit. You've, everyone has the capacity to do something, even the tiniest, tiniest yeah. bit. Mm -hmm. And I have people saying, oh my God, you care about dogs, but you don't care about people. Okay, well, that's why I've been awarded Ally of the Year, you know, by... <laughs> well, they can suck it. You know, like, I, I can't do everything about everything. Right. I, yeah. I can maybe, you know... I mean, there's so many things right. that Pick I would like to be involved. what you care about yeah. and yeah. do something I think for it's it. important. There's so many things I would love to be involved with, and I'll say, well, how can I help you or something like that? But for me, I can't create 
a dozen 501c3s, no. even having no. my own 501c3 is a hell no. of a responsibility. I think yeah. what you're passionate about and when you put your time and love and energy into that, like that's what's so important. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Picking well, what you care about. Lisa, two things. Number one, thank you so much for coming on this podcast. And bras, you have to check out. It will be in the episode notes below. Lisa's podcast. We are on it. She has some amazing guests. We had a great time. All things Vanderpump. It'll be in the episode notes. And you guys were much more well behaved on your own podcast than <laughs> online, by the way. <laughs> Listen, we're doing the interviewing we, now. So right, we are here. We are trying to get our listeners to think a certain way about us. And then we went out and had some fun. No, but I have a question to wrap this. Let's just say we'll use Beck and I as an example. What? Let's just say we were wanting to audition to be on Vanderpump Rules. Stop it. What do we do to get the attention of you as a producer? Are you saying like as if for our listeners? Yes, for our listeners. Ah. Well, you have to authentically work at the best way to get on Vanderpump Rules is to authentically work for me and then be up for, you know, being part of a television show, which can be quite demanding. These guys put it all out there. So we look for people that are open emotionally I'm brave enough to be <laughs> on it because there's a lot of people that, you know, work for me that don't want to be part of it. Yeah. Um, and you, you don't have to do what James Kennedy did and shag a cast Okay. <laughs> so you have to authentically though. work for me. And, oh, and obviously you the, lost me at working hard. <laughs> I know, right? Like, I thought we could just be dramatic. But the, the show is largely based around Sir and mm-hmm. a lot of people there, you know, it's, um, it, it's a great show and, yeah, it's coming back. So Woo-hoo! excited. Well, congratulations. Thank you. Congratulations. Thank you so much. And uh, thank you for having me. Thank you and so much. Chat soon, broads. Broads, we'll chat soon. I like it the way you say broads. I say broads. 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 <laughs> mm, that's much more fancy. We, say we just say broads. <laughs> Listen, broads. 